myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past Hi and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It is part of our NUFC Dream Team section today and uh, a big welcome to one of our regular uh, correspondents and uh, someone who's taken part in Match Day Live, the Five Minute Rant and uh, many, many other programmes as well. Chris Hall, how are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, Steve. How are you? Yeah, good to see you, mate. And uh, nice not to be worrying about what's going on at the club now, but to look back <laughs> at uh, days gone by and, and give you the hard job, and it is a hard job, uh, yeah. of trying to select an 11. And obviously, we've given you the option of some substitutes and you have to pick your manager as well. So uh, without further ado, uh, let us start with your goalkeeper. Uh, who have you picked? Okay, so I have picked Shea Given. Um, it's probably quite an easy easy decision to pick Shea. Um, 354 appearances for the club, uh, bought by Kenny Dalgleish for £1.5 million from Blackburn. Um, I did consider some other players for this position, Steve, um, and I'll do this throughout the show as well. There was obviously some tough decisions to be made, and obviously I was thinking about the likes of Cernicek, Hislop, uh, Tim Kroll, Martin Dubravka even. Um, and before I did this show, I did actually have a have a conversation with my dad. Um, so I was talking to my dad in, in full detail about Newcastle. And you know what? It was lovely to reminisce with him um, because he was bringing up all different players from his generation and players that, you know, he'd consider. Um, so he, had, he, he asked me to mention Willie McFall. Oh, yes, Willie, yeah. Great, great play. Fairs Cup, of course. Uh, FA Cup finalist in 74, but he won the Fairs Cup in 69. Great goalkeeper. And, of course, yeah. a manager in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Me, me, me dad said he, he was a really solid goalkeeper. I mean, obviously... I would never pick him because I'm only picking the team that, you know, from my point of view and players that I've seen and players I've enjoyed watching. Um, So for me, it it had to be Shea Given. Um, I I had to put him in in the end. Uh, And I always remember the first time I went to Newcastle with my dad, we went to St. James's Park train station. And as you go, as you go up the escalator, they've got, it's like a mould on the, on the floor. And it was of Shea Given's hands. Uh, and I always remember seeing that with the signature. So yeah, Shea Given, Shea Given, despite him only being six foot one, which isn't particularly big for a goalie, it's not it's not short by any means. It, it's um, I always found it interesting with Shea Given, and my one of my memories of him was he used to get lobbed a hell of a lot. Um, so I know I'm I know I'm talking a bit about the negatives here, but fantastic shot stopper. Um, his kicking wasn't always the best, but he made up for that, you know, a hell, a hell of a lot by his performances that he put in for Newcastle. And for me, he, he had to be in my team because I, I was just such a big fan of his. And I was yeah. really, really gutted when we sold him to Man City. Uh, I remember being quite upset about it, actually. I understood why he left, um, you know, given the circumstances and stuff. But it was lovely to see in his autobiography that he said that he never wanted to leave Newcastle and that it, had he been given the choice and had the club been going forward in the right direction, he'd have definitely stayed. So that was really nice to hear. Yeah, top keeper. And no surprise uh, to see him between the sticks for you. And um, yeah, he's been between the sticks for a few of these uh, dream teams so far. But uh, yeah, great stuff, mate. Great start. Good, solid goalkeeper. Somebody who's a club legend. So uh, on to your, 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 your defence now. And who's playing on the right side? Okay, so again, it, it was a bit of a tough one, Steve, but I went with Steve Watson in the end. Um, and the reason that I picked Steve Watson was not just because he's a, you know he's he's a, a homegrown uh, player, but also I just loved his versatility. Um, I loved the fact that I, I've read loads of different articles about him. Obviously, I've seen him play. Ironically, I've seen him play more for Everton than I have for Newcastle. Um, but obviously, I've watched previous videos and I've I've seen obviously you know previous previous games and stuff. But for me, I had to pick Steve Watson because I think he was just so naturally gifted. Uh, I remember when he when he broke through at Newcastle, reading that he he was a bit of a wonder kid, and he was like you know the new kid on the block, and a lot of people were raving about him. And um, he's one of those players where he could literally play anywhere and do a job for you. And for me as a footballer, and picking my all time eleven, I want a player in there like that because. Yeah, I've seen him play right back. I've seen him play right midfield. I think he's played centre back. I've, I've, I know he's played in goal. He's also played up front. It, uh, 
for footballers to be able to do that and still put in a performance, I think is it's so impressive. And Steve Watson for me was one of those players where he'd always turn up and do a job, and that that's why that's why I I ended up going with Steve Watson. Um, I did a little bit of research on him, and I know that he. He made 208 appearances um, for the club, and he's currently the manager of uh, York City. And yeah, I'd, I, I remember going to Goodison Park with my dad's friends, and I went to watch him play for Everton. Um, I think it was 2003, and he played against Leeds, and it was 4-0 to Everton, and he scored a hat-trick from right midfield. And I, I just remember thinking, wow, what a player. I wish, I wish we'd still had him. Um, he, he was just just one of those players that really stuck out for me. And like I say, uh, anybody who can play in various different positions and still do a job is is fine by me. I know obviously I, I've missed out the likes of uh, you know Warren Barton. I could have picked uh, Debushi, Carr, Yamat. And again, my dad's going to kill me if I don't say this. He wanted me to mention Irving Natras. Oh, Irving Natras, yeah, another good yeah. player. Yeah, stylish yeah. player as well. Yeah, that's going to be a common theme, that, by the way, Steve. He, he, he dad, we, we had loads of discussion, loads of arguments about who should be in the team. Um, but he, he, this was one he actually agreed with me on. He, he did say he probably would have picked Warren Barton, and I, I was a big fan of Warren Barton, but I went with Steve Watson in the end just for his versatility and, you know, being a homegrown lad, I, I thought I'd love to get him in there. Fantastic. Yeah, great choice again. And um, I, I get a feeling this is going to be a little bit of a mishmash. <laughs> Your dad should have done an 11 as well, by the sounds of it. Uh, we'll, have to, yeah. we'll have to get him on when we get through oh, all the Oh, we'd love to, Steve. We'll, we'll, we'll get him on after we get through all the panellists. Um, yeah. Okay, so have you gone for a back four? And if you have, who who's your full-back? Uh, left yeah, side. so I've gone, for a, yeah, I've gone for a back four. And this was probably the toughest decision. And some people will probably raise eyebrows when I say this, but I've picked Olivier Bernard. Um, now, Olivier Bernard, he made 102 appearances for the club, but do you know what, Steve? I just liked him. I just thought as a fullback, it's what I want to see in a fullback. He was attacking, he was strong, he was quick. And when Bobby Dobson brought him in, you could you could see he was a bit of a rough diamond. I think he made his debut against uh, Troy from, from memory. And I remember just watching him and thinking, wow, he's got something about him, this player. And he like, he only made 102 appearances for the club, but I just liked him. I just thought he was big and powerful. And I mean, I've, I've Steve, you know, people will be screaming now watching this. I've missed out some big players here. You know, obviously there's Bez, there's Stuart Pearce, Jose Enrique, uh, Frank Clark. Again, <laughs> you know, who's told me Frank Clark. Um, but I've also, uh, the, the one that I didn't like, uh, you know, to miss out was Bez, but I also mentioned in there Didier Domi, um, because I quite like Didier Domi, but for me, it had to be Olivier Bernard, and I'm going to tell you the story a bit later on when I picked my manager, um, but I nearly met Olivier Bernard, didn't end up meeting him, but nearly ended up meeting him as well, so that, that stuck in my head too. He's a top guy, Olivier, and I know he watches the show, um, but he's done he's done very well. I mean, he's owner of Durham City nowadays, but yeah. uh, had a lot of business ventures. Another person who signed for Newcastle United and, and made made the Northeast a home, and that, that's yeah. something which has certainly happened, like over the you know certainly over the last 25, 30 years. You know, you've seen the likes of Pavel become a Jordy and uh, Olivia Bernard, and um, you know even even players from down south. You know, we we, we have Malcolm on the channel, Supermac, who you know is. A, is a, is a Londoner, um, you know, didn't want to leave the area. And um, Rob Elliott, in recent times, the goalkeeper, really, you know, had had a kid up here. And I think, I think when you have family up here, and that makes, you know, it just makes it probably even more important that you you remain in the northeast. But it's such a beautiful place, Chris, as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me, me dad, me dad's from the northeast, um, and he, he, I think he came over to Liverpool when he was about seventeen, eighteen. That's when he met me mum. So I, I've uh, all my dad's side are from Newcastle. Uh, so I, that that's where the link with Newcastle comes from. But yeah, I've I've been to Newcastle only a handful of times. Uh, unfortunately, I've I've not always had the opportunity to go up there. But the times that I have gone up there, uh, I've absolutely loved it. And it's weird, Steve. It does. It really, it really does feel like home. And I remember reading a quote from Kevin Keegan when he was saying that his I think it's his grandparents are from Newcastle. That's and right. He always he always said he felt at home, and I completely get that because not only is it like Liverpool as a city, but it's just so nice and friendly. And I work away uh, a lot in London and stuff like that, and it's just not the same. 
Newca- no. you can't you can't beat Newcastle and Liverpool uh, as in you know some of the best places in the UK absolutely love it yeah I agree mate I agree uh, okay you've got two centre halves uh, who's your first one yeah, so probably the easiest decision, and I know a few other people have picked him. I had to pick Jonathan Woodgate. Um, without doubt, the best defender I've seen at the club um, through watching Newcastle. He just, Steve, he just had everything. He, he when we when we sold him, I remember I was on a stag do um, in Newquay. And I remember the news breaking on Sky Sports News and I, it must have been about 10 o'clock at night or something and I was looking at it. I, I was half cut and I was staring at the screen and I seen Jonathan Woodgate and I seen a Real Madrid badge and I was like, no, surely not. We've only just bought him. Um, and yeah, I remember being absolutely devastated. Only made 28 appearances for the club. Uh, and also, which I was quite surprised by, he's only six foot tall. And I, every time I watched Jonathan Woodgate, I remember just thinking, "Wow, what, what a, what a man! What, a, you know, what stature, what leadership!" Um, and then when I found out he was only six foot tall, I was thought, "Wow!" But yeah, absolute Rolls Royce of a defender if you ever see one. Um, as I've already said, best centre half I've seen play for Newcastle. Hardly ever made a mistake. And well, the one time I do remember him making a mistake, and I don't know if you recall this, but. We were playing Chelsea, and I remember he gave possession away to, I think it was Ida Good Johnson. And Ida Good Johnson ran away from him. And Jonathan Mudgate wasn't the quickest, but he wasn't slow. And he lost the ball, and I think. I think Johnson got about 15, 20 yards away from him. And he just strolled back without a care in the world and just took the ball off him. And I thought, wow. Like, to be able to recover like that. And look so calm and look so composed. I think even when he got the ball, he just like laid it off, like like as if it was, as if it was nothing. And I thought, yeah, it's some player. Um, I feel really sorry for him actually in terms of his career because had he not had all the injuries he had, I think he would have he would have gone on to do really big things. Um, and he also probably goes down as having the worst ever debut for the club. Um, I think he scores an own goal for Real Madrid and and got sent off in the same match. Uh, so I always remember him for that as well. But yeah. Had had to be in my Newcastle all-time eleven. What a player! Yeah, one of the best centre halves I've seen play, but we just didn't really see the best of him. But yeah, look, looking to see him in a black and white shirt. Okay, who's your uh, who's he partnered with? Okay, so his partner is going to be Fabrizio Colaccini. Um Not only has he got a fantastic song, uh, I just I just really liked Carlo. I was a little bit worried, Steve, when he first joined because I think the first year he struggled a little bit but ended up going on to make 248 appearances for the club. Like Woodgate, only six foot tall. But again, I, I seem to remember him as being this big, big mountain of a fella. Um, he was a quiet and assured captain. Um, and Steve, all I can really say is I want curly hair too. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> Fantastic player. I mean, look, he was ridiculed, yeah. ridiculed in in his early days. Um, yeah, he was. He was one of those centre halves who, if I remember right, he wore gloves, which never goes down well with people in the northeast. We don't wear tops when it's cold. But um, but yeah, look, joking aside, Colaccini was one of those, um, just one of those players who grew um in confidence and grew in stature and became a really important part of the team who you know who essentially um you know managed to secure a european slot the last team to, to do so in newcastle same under alan pardew of course yeah yeah he, he, he became a really important player the only the only thing i um, I, I wish uh, if i could turn back the clock the only thing i i wish would have happened for Colaccini is that he would have left about a year earlier because things went a bit sour for him, didn't he? Because he was he was itching to go back to Argentina, and the club just kept keeping hold of him. Uh, he had I think... personal he had personal issues, which of course yeah. we're not going to. But he did have some personal issues off the pitch, which of course yeah. meant that you know going home was quite important to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the one thing that I I always have a sour taste about about Colaccini, um is is always the fact that. Um, he was allegedly supposed to be one of the players who um, refused to play in, in the FA Cup uh, when John Carver was manager. And, you know, oh. there was a few of them wouldn't play. Um, they didn't deem that, that competition important enough. And I, I really I felt that was sour, especially for somebody who had the captain's armband at the time. Yeah, I didn't, to be honest, Steve, I didn't know that. But yeah, that that's uh, <laughs> that's not great for me, captain, is it? Certainly doesn't set the set the example. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I had to I had to include Colaccini purely because 
I just, I've not seen, unfortunately, at Newcastle, we've never really been blessed with having fantastic centre-backs, I've got to be honest. Um, and obviously, Woodgate came to mind straight away. And I, I had to include Colaccini. I mean, obviously, I've missed out the likes of Albert, uh, Steve Howie, Bobby Moncur, going, going back to what my dad said. But I also wanted to highlight as well, and he was someone who I really considered, but I didn't end up putting in, um, Aaron Hughes. I yeah. really, really liked Aaron Hughes. Uh, real steady Eddie. And he did a great job for Newcastle, and he was cl- he was close to getting in. I'll be honest, not the most um, you know flamboyant or obvious choices, but he was solid, wasn't he? And he was really steady. Yeah, he was. Um, hundred percent agree. Okay, in your uh, dream team, then uh, what formation are you playing dictates who comes next, I suppose. So, what formation are you playing, and and, and who's your next player? Okay, so I'm playing a 4-4-2 diamonds. So I suppose the next position would probably be the defensive midfielder. Um, and that defensive midfielder has to be Gary Speed. Um, this was one of my most easiest choices, to be honest, Steve. Well, I say easy. There was one other player who was close to getting in. Um, I really wanted to pick David Batty. Um, big, big fan of David Batty. And obviously, you know, Tiote and Johan Kabai, uh, Belazogu Emre. The, all players that I considered, but it had to be Gary Speed. I mean, Gary Speed, for me, um, will be one of the players that I'll always remember. Uh, 213 appearances for the club. Ultimate professional. Uh, never seemed to have a bad game, Steve. Always a, a solid 7, 8 out of 10 or more. Um, for me, one of the few mistakes Bobby Bobby Dobson made as manager, or Sir Bobby, uh, as manager was when he let uh, Gary Speed go to Bolton. I think it was for 250 grand. Now, obviously, due to his age, it made sense. Um, and and Sir Bobby was always about trying to do the best for the club, and that's something you know that should be admired. And I think he looked at it and thought 250 grand for the fella who's approaching his mid 30s is fantastic deal. But he ended up going on to play six more years of football. And when you look at it, was it worth having the 250 grand and losing Gary Speed both on the pitch and in the dressing room? For me, probably not. Um, absolutely, absolutely love Gary Speed. And I, I always remember, and this isn't a reason for me including him, by the way, but I always remember, obviously, when the, the horrible breaking news came out. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I absolutely cried my eyes out. I was, I was absolutely devastated for him and his family. Um, just such a pro, and you know, he was, he was one of those players you could rely on. Um, one of those players who, um, you know, was like the ult- ultimate. Ultimate pace, ultimate professional to be in your team. Um, never got in the press for bad stories. N- never acted up from what I heard. Um, had a fantastic relationship with some of the players and really, really brought other players on. Like for, for example, Jermaine Genus. Um, I know he spoke about uh, Gary Speed and saying how well he looked after him. Um, Gary um, Craig Bellamy had a fantastic relationship with Gary Speed. Uh, Alan Shearer. I could name a few, but yeah, Gary Speed had to be in my eleven. Uh, I was such a massive fan of his. Yeah, great shout. Uh, again, no objections from me on that. And I've got to be honest, I've not done mine yet. And when I do do mine, I've got some big decisions to make as I go through everybody else's. I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting interesting one for me to have to pick. Okay, uh, so you're playing that uh, that four four two diamond. What? Who, who's next up? Okay, so um, I'll start with the right and left midfield before it goes to the attacking midfield. So I will go. I'll save my favourite player to, uh, for a bit later, but I'm going to go left midfield and I, I've had to pick David Ginola or David Ginola. Um, again, a very, very easy pick. Only made 58 appearances for the club and he, he went too soon, didn't he? Uh, Dalglish broke up that Keegan team. I think he sold Aspria. Was it Aspria, Ginola and Ferdinand? Um, and I never I never quite forgave him for that. Um this isn't a common theme, by the way, Steve, but I also cried when we sold David Ginola. Uh, I, I was much younger then. I was I was a kid and I had a big poster of him on my wall. And I remember you you and a lot of the female popular, uh, population of Tyneside, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he wasn't a bad looking fella, was he, to be fair? Um, but yeah, he... I just I, I remember being devastated when we sold him. And, you know, we went on to play for Tottenham, uh, Villa, Everton. Uh, probably his best days were at Tottenham, weren't they? But uh, I always re- been really jealous of the fact that he joined Tottenham, and um, because he, he was he, oh, what a what a player, so silky, uh, smooth. He, he made players, other players, look silly, and that's that's uh, quite a quality and quite a skill to be able to do that. 
he's a uh, we never i always feel like he yeah i keep saying it but he, he went too soon I, i'm i'm gutters and funnily enough um he posted something it was a good number of years ago on twitter he posted something about tottenham and i remember uh tweeting him and saying you know well you never talk about newcastle and i i thought i thought you there you know be a newcastle fan obviously you came to france uh came to newcastle from france and um, we were his first premier league club and all that and he tweeted me back and said uh, don't worry i still love newcastle um he didn't say he didn't support tottenham by the way but he said don't worry i still love newcastle and i'm very fond of my time there and i've seen um obviously i watched the entertainers program he was mentioned and i also watched i think it was a spin-off on sky sports where it was steve howie uh Ginola, and Beresford talking with Jeff Stellan. I always remember it being in like a room and they were talking about all the different stories and, you know, it was fantastic even about Tino and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, David Ginola had had to be in there for me on the left. I mean, obviously th- there is, as always, there's a few players I've missed out. I could have, I could have put in uh, Chris Waddle. Uh, again, shout out to me, dad. He wanted Chris, uh, he wanted Chris Waddle in there. Um, I could have had Lon Mabair. Lon Mabair was close to being in because I, I was a massive fan of Lon Mabair um, when Bobby Robson brought him in. But I, in the end, I had to go with Janola. And obviously, I reverted back to when I was younger and remembering how devastated I was when he left. So, yeah, I went with David Janola in the end. Great stuff. Okay, so uh, who's next? Who's on the other side? Okay, so on the right-hand side, and this this is going to cause controversy, this, Steve, and I don't think you'll be tempted to have him in your team, um, but I went with Hatem Ben Arthur. Okay. Um, Steve, honestly, like still now my favourite player. I just, uh, I don't know what it is about Hatem Ben Arthur. Well, I do, I do know what it is. Um, only 76 appearances, and I, I wrote myself a little note here just putting my favourite ever player, Steve. Um, I even followed him when he went to France. And for me, the reason he had to go in the team, um, I think that was just after he'd scored against Bolton, that picture. The reason he had to go in the team was because he he's probably my era of Beardsley, to put to yeah. put it like that, in, in terms of every time he got the ball, I, I, I remember being excited and thinking, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? I'd literally be sat on the edge of my seat. He... he he made me not made me fall in love with football because I've always loved football, but he made me really excited about football, watching him play for Newcastle. Um, I, I always used to think nothing is impossible when he's got hold of the ball. Um, don't get me wrong, he, he would go missing. Um, you would wonder what you know what's happened to him because at times he um, he he wouldn't have his best games. Um, to use a quote my dad said, he, he said uh, send, <laughs> sometimes you needed to send on a sheepdog to find them. <laughs> and I can I completely agree with that. And uh, there was disappointing times for Ben Arthur. His discipline wasn't always the best. Um, but oh my God, when he was on form, it, it, for me he was one of the best players in the Premier League on his day. Like uh, if he if he had his head screws on, he, he could have been whatever he wanted to be. Um, I I always remember Karim Benzema talking about him and saying at times he was on Messi level. And that, I, I firmly believe that. Like sometimes, Steve, he, he, you know, there's a, there's a couple of games that come to mind. I mean, he scored the goal, scored the goal in the cup against Blackburn. Like that was just ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. I think he turned about seven players, and he was just constantly jinking left and right. Um, he, he had pace, uh, he had balance, he had touch. Uh, he could he couldn't half finish. Sometimes with those kind of players, they haven't always got the best shot on them. But he, 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 he could literally hit it from 20, 30, 40 yards. He just had that in him. Uh, both, he, I think he was two-footed. He just, I don't know, I just love talking about Hassan Ben Arthur. And funny enough, Steve, um, when when I got married a few years ago, um, me and the wife were having arguments, you know, about like what we could have as part of the wedding. And I wanted to have uh, table names. And um, in the end, she didn't agree to it because I was going to have all different Newcastle players as table names for the wedding. And we were obviously going to be on the Ben Arthur table, but it never it never turned out like that. So it never materialised. It never no, materialised. No, I understand your fascination and admiration for him, and I understand anybody else. And 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 this is the beauty of doing this program because you know there's a lot of different um, age groups that are on this program. We've got you know from Holly being the youngest at the moment, you know maybe he's up to um, you know George Mitchell. 
Um, so there's, there's a huge array of ages. So that means we've got a lot of players to pick from, and uh, some have got more than others. But uh, fa- fantastic, yeah, great. I fully understand. I fully understand that. I'm gonna um, gonna give a plug to the sponsors while uh, you know whilst we've got a little break in proceedings. Big shout out to Spider VPN um, for all of their sponsorship over the last few months. Uh, they are the number one for your internet security. So please just Google Spider VPN. They can help protect your passwords, etc. Also, a big shout out to skipsandbins.com. Telephone 0800 2545 2523. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www. Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Also, a big shout out to John at uh, qtechshop.co.uk. Uh, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle. Also, they are the people in control of our website, nufcmatters.com. Uh, click onto there and you can buy many of our T-shirts, including the number one classic, the Cult T-shirt. And also a big shout out to John at Jab Signature, who makes all of our flyers. Okay, Chris, on to your next player. And uh, we go from uh, Hatton Ben Offer to who? Okay, sorry, Steve. Just before I go on to uh, my attack yeah. midfielder, uh, I forgot to mention. So, my right midfielders who obviously I've left out, and I needed to give them a mention because you know the this particular group is so good. Um, Nobby Solano, I, I was really gutted not to get Nobby in, and funnily enough, I nearly put Nobby in at right back because I think he played. Um, I think he might have played for Villa at right back. Um, so, but I couldn't couldn't get him in. Couldn't get him in ahead of Ben Arthur. Absolutely love Nobby Solano. Um, Keith Gillespie, obviously, another another fantastic right midfielder. Um, and the one that me and my dad fell out over big time, uh, Rob Lee. I, mm. I, uh, I really... The reason I didn't have Rob Lee in there, um, I appreciate how much of a, a great player he was. And also, um, you know, he, he, a bit like in the Gary Speed mould. Very rarely had a bad game. Um, but... I had to, I had to, I had to put Ben Arthur and Steve. I had to do it, and uh, yeah, me and my dad fell out over that one because he said, "I can't believe you haven't got Rob Lee in your team." But yeah, that, I just had to, just had to explain myself there. Um, uh, fair enough. Uh, listen, this is this is why you know it sounds like an easy show to do. Oh, but so believe you me, it is very, very difficult. Mm, yeah, absolutely, and you know, there's some real, real big players that you miss out, isn't there? But I suppose I've got to, I've got to look at it from my perspective and players that I remember vividly. Um, and funnily enough, going on to my next player, um, this is probably the player that I remember least out of all of my team. Um, but I had to include him because he is a bit of a club legend, um, as as you will all sh- shortly find out when I tell you who it is. Um, and also, there's there's also links to obviously where I'm from, so I had to I had to include him. And that player in the attack and midfield place is Peter Beardsley. So Beardsley, obviously, what a, what a fantastic career that he had, uh, both both uh, for club and country. Um, Peter Beardsley. He made a total of 276 appearances. Um, my dad affectionately calls him Beardo, uh, but I know he's also called Pedro. Um, my earliest memory, and it, it brought, again, having this conversation with my dad prior to the show, Steve, was lovely because it, it brought me back. It, well, it took me back so many years because I always remember on the field opposite our house, my dad would pretend to be Beardsley and I'd pretend to be Les Ferdinand. And he'd hit the ball over the top, and then I had to finish it on the volley. And um, I always remember, I loved doing that with my dad. And Peter Beardsley it was was a hell of a player. And again, someone who I wish I wish we'd had for longer. I know he made 276 appearances for us. Um, and he's absolutely loved in Liverpool, both by Everton and Liverpool fans. But I always wish that we'd have him longer. Obviously, he came back to the club in a coaching capacity, which was great. Um, it's you know obviously he's got that affiliation being from the area, but um, yeah, I, I think I think uh, me and my dad probably wouldn't be speaking if I didn't have Peter Beardsley in absolute legends, um, his his favourite player of all time, and uh, I was constantly being told about him doing the uh, the Beardsley shimmy. Apparently, well, that's, Beardsley, that's, that's, the Beardsley, yeah, the Beardsley shimmy or the Beardsley shuffle, as some people know it, but yeah, what a yeah. just amazing, amazing to watch that in yeah. motion. Yeah, he um, again. Talking from a live point of view, didn't see him all that often, but obviously I've watched many videos back. I've, I've seen what he did. I've, I've obviously seen him playing for Liverpool Everton as well, you know, in terms of watching things. And it, it, I don't think it would be right not having Peter Beardsley in my team. Um, he, fantastic player, absolutely fantastic player. And somebody who, wow, imagine we had a Peter Beardsley now. We just, what we, we could really do with a Peter Beardsley now, couldn't we? 
Yeah, most certainly. I mean, he's an absolute uh, genius on the ball. Great guy as well. Good friend of the show again. Somebody else who we know watches the show on a regular basis. Big shout out to uh, Peter. He'd be glad you put him in, Chris. Put him yeah, way. I also uh, I have, I have a little... Uh, I remember writing to... I was saying that, yeah. Maybe maybe, maybe my memories aren't a bit clouded because I remember writing to him as a, as a kid and I had a little picture of him. I'll have to see if I can dig it out. I had a little picture of him and a signature. And I, I wrote to him and he sent me that. So if you're watching, Peter, thank you very much for that. Great stuff, top man. Okay, next up. Okay, so I don't know who to, who to pick first. So I've got two up fronts. Um, do you know what? I'm going to pick the obvious one. I'm going to pick the obvious one first. And I don't think any all-time Newcastle team will not have this player in. Um, so obviously I had to pick Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer 100% had to go in. Um, what can I say about him? All-time leading goal scorer. Um would there be any Newcastle fans who haven't pretended to be Alan Shearer on the field? Um, what a what a player! The, the, he recently got inducted in the Hall of Fame, deservedly. Uh, I think he was uh, the first one with Thierry on me, and he he's everything. He's just Mister Newcastle, isn't he? And yeah. the the loyalty that he showed to knock back the move to Man United, which I'm sure must have been tempting. Um, but the pull of coming to Newcastle must have just been too much. And I'll never forget that day when we signed him. And I just saw this. Obviously, it was on the telly. I, I, I'd lived in Liverpool at the time, still do. But I remember watching uh, the crowds outside um, when Shearer was presented. And there was the big bottle of uh, Newcastle Brown. And he stood there with his arms in the air. And I was just like, I was getting goosebumps thinking about it now. What what a day. And when he, when he joined and... Um, it was just, it was just unbelievable, and I always, I always v- regret not being able to go to his. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, his testimonial. Yeah. Always remember. I always regret that, and I wish, I wish that I had. Obviously, I've watched it back numerous times, um, but yeah, I would have loved to have been there for that because. Uh, what a what a what a player and you know fantastic pundit on match of the day. I know he's he's been on the show a few times as well, Steve. So um, always always great to see Alan Shearer and just I, I, I don't even know what to say about him, Steve. It's just he's just everything about Newcastle. Everything. Everything's everything's being said, but what you've said is is just and and you know he is a, an absolute legend and um, somebody who is just not only a, a fantastic player back in the day for for Newcastle and England, of course. Other teams, Blackburn, Southampton, but he was a, a captain of England and and yeah. led led his country with pride and with honour and distinction. And um, he's a good pundit as well. So an yeah. all round an all round top man. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely uh, great person. And I just I'll always always love him for the fact that he came to Newcastle and he he became you know boyhood hero and it's just great. And that was that was the one time uh, I think I've told you this before. I'm I'm not. Not the biggest fan of England nowadays. Um, as I've grown up, I think I've fell out of love a bit with the, with the with the England football team. But I remember, uh, you know, Euro '96, and I remember loving, absolutely loving England. And I think partly that was down to Shearer because it was just so I had the pride that we felt that he, you know, the England captain was from Newcastle and a Newcastle player. It was just just absolutely fantastic. Um, so yeah, Alan Shearer had to go in there. And by the way, he's my captain. Um, so yeah, had to had to put him in. Okay then, so uh, last man in the eleven, uh, who's going to play alongside Big Al? Yeah, so um, yeah, this is this is a this is a real this is a real tricky one, um, and this this was one that I probably spent the most time over. Uh, just to add as well, Steve. Sorry, I keep doing this, but I forgot to mention uh, the other attacking midfielders that I uh, didn't choose, and I ended up going for Beardsley. Obviously, I also wanted to uh, give a special mention, you know, to the likes of Gaza and Keegan. Um, Ozzy Ardiles, my dad said I must mention Ozzy Ardiles. Um, he needed to go in there, but yeah. Um, also, Kevin Dyer. I put a put a quick mention in there for Kevin Dyer. I won't spend too much time on Kevin Dyer, but um, he was he was a fantastic player on his day. Again, if injuries hadn't gotten the way, and uh, he 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 did some he had some good games for Newcastle, and um, I always felt that injury got in the way of his time at the club. Um, but yeah, I needed to mention Gaza and Keegan. Gaza, I couldn't put him in. I love Gaza, but. Again, I was too I was too young to appreciate him, um, and same with Keegan. But I know how how uh, many people talk so fondly of him both. So 
yeah, had to mention them. But in terms of my last striker, Steve, um, and this again, bit of a bit of an unusual one for some, but I had to go with Craig Bellamy. Hmm. Mm. Now, the reason that I've gone with Craig Bellamy, I mean, uh, uh, do you know what? I'll get these out the way now, Steve. <laughs> I've missed out the likes of Sir Les. I've missed out Aspria, Demba Barr, Papi Cisse, Andy Cole, Patrick Clavis, Huey Gallagher, Malcolm McDonald, of course, uh, Jackie Milburn. Um, but I, I had to go with Craig Bellamy. Um, during my time as a Newcastle fan, uh, I remember when we signed him from Coventry, Bobby Robson brought him in. And Bobby Robson, I know, was a huge fan of Craig Bellamy. Um, and he, he was a bit of an unknown, really. Um, and I know he'd spent time at Norwich previous to that. But when he when he came on the scene, wow. So it, the pace was just unbelievable. And do you know what I like so much about Craig Bellamy? He was one of those players where if he was on your team, you were quite happy about it. And if he was against you, you hated him. Um, a bit like Robbie Savage in that respect, but obviously a, a far more gifted player than Robbie Savage. Um, he just had this pace. He, he knew he could finish. He had a really good finish on him. Like he, he knew he, he took the ball away. He, he, he had a good shot. Um, but yeah, I had to I had to pick Craig Bellamy because he was the one that sprung to mind. He only made ninety three appearances for the club, uh, but I just feel like he was just so underrated. Um, and when he had that partnership with Shearer, I I couldn't see many better strike forces than them two. Like I thought they complemented each other really well. I know they didn't get on very well, and I know it kind of turned sour towards the end, especially. I know Bellamy had a few digs at Shearer, but um, unjustly, by the way, but. Uh, I had to, I had to put Craig Bellamy in because at that time when it was really going well, I just thought, I just thought he was fantastic. And he, as I say, Alan Shearer is always going to be in my team. And if I can have a player who fits well with Alan Shearer and complements the team, then I'd, I've, I've got to do it. Um, it's, it's a funny one, and I've, I've missed some big players out. And I, I, I think as well. What 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 was sad about Bellamy? I I think he I think he, despite what's been reported, I think he did actually enjoy his time here, and I think he maybe it turned sour for him. I don't know, and he, he you know he just got a bit bitter over it. But um, I think when he was here, he enjoyed his time, and I don't think he wanted to leave. And obviously, when Sooners came, they had the big falling out. Um, there was nowhere else for him to go. Really, he went to Celtic, um, and yeah, I was sad to see him go. And it wasn't a surprise to me that he ended up getting that move to Liverpool. Because they obviously saw saw the potential in them, and he was just just an awkward player to play against, but worked really good foil for Shearer. So that's why I put Bellamy in my team. And also, last thing to say, uh, that that goal against Fenerbahce, um when it, it was it, to make it three two, wasn't wasn't the uh, wasn't the uh, classiest oh, of goals. PSV was it PSV? PSV sorry, PSV, it was PSV. Yeah. It was PSV. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, the PSV and it was three two, wasn't it? And he, he, it looked like it was going out for a goal kick or a corner, and he just slotted it in, and it hit the goalkeeper's chest, and then just rolled in the in the back of the net. But I thought, no, nobody else on that pitch would have done that because of that pace that he had, that raw pace, and he he kept the ball in play. The keeper obviously wasn't expecting it, hit him and rolled in the net. Such a vital goal for us. So um, yeah, that's that's why I've uh, chosen Craig Bellamy. Great lineup, uh, great three. I mean, obviously the bench is going to be overcrowded, but you're only allowed three. So who, know, made, the, who made who made the bench, Chris? Okay, so again, spent a lot of time over this bench. Uh, people were chopping, being chopped in and out. Um, in the end, for the bench, I the first one I had to pick, and I touched, I've touched upon all three of them actually, but the first one I had to pick was Nobby Solano. Um, Nobby, I was really gutted not to put Nobby in my team because I was such a big fan of his and I was made up when he left Newcastle that he came back again. Um, could play could play right back, but also play right midfield. And again, kind of that link with Shearer. Um, I remember reading an, uh, an article or watching an interview with Shearer and he was saying how important Nobby Solano was for him. Um, in terms of crossing of the ball, Probably the best all-time crosser of the balls, David Beckham in in England. But Nobby Solano couldn't half cross a ball, and the delivery that he you know gave, and that created so many chances for Shearer. And not not just that, but it was his professionalism and his attitude never caused any problems. And apparently, he used to just play the trumpet in the dressing room all the time. Um, and yeah, 
I think every manager that he played under was a fan of his and he just seems like a really nice guy. Obviously, I've watched the interview with you with yourself and Nobby or the numerous interviews that you've done and he just comes across as a really nice fella and he he was another one, a bit like Bernard, as you said, who really like got involved in the area. Like he, he loves, he loved being at Newcastle and he, he's got fond memories of being at Newcastle. So yeah, had to include Nobby Solano. Okay, next on the bench. Okay, and this was another near miss. Um, the next person on the bench was David Batty. I felt really, really bad not uh, not including David Batty, but I only had the one defensive uh, midfield position, and in the end, I had to give it to Gabby Speed. But yeah, David Batty. Um, wow, he he was he was um, he was hard, wasn't he? Just to, just to put it simply, he was hard. He was hard. And, yeah. Yeah, and um, and it, what I liked about him, he was he was no nonsense, but. What some people may not be aware of, he, he he could play football as well. He was he was a bit of a player, you know. He had he had the, he has a good pass on him. Um, he was calm, he was assured, and what we do for the David Batty now, Steve, and that that was another reason why I put him in because I thought imagine imagine now a modern day David Batty, it you know somebody who could actually play football but also do the dirty work, and he got him on the pitch. What I found really surprising about him was uh, I I read somewhere that. Uh, apparently he was last into training and first out of training and like football wasn't always his passion he, he basically did it literally as a job um always professional always did did his job but he he wasn't interested in the fame or he wasn't interested in you know the 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 football career afterwards like literally he if you think about it he has literally just disappeared hasn't he you don't hear of him um you don't see him in the press He's very much a family man, which I, I'd never knock anybody for. You know, that, that's a real, real big quality. But when he was on that pitch for those 90 minutes, you got you got everything out of him. And that's that's what I loved about him. Didn't even have a, a sports bag. He used to bring his boots in a carrier bag like a Sunday morning player. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. But yeah, uh, again, talking about natural ability. Just, just one of those people. He just come on, turn up, and uh, I, I forget who said it, but yeah, he said he'd come to be last at training, and he wouldn't warm up. He'd just come on the pitch and just start bossing it. And you know, talking about natural ability, uh, when I was mentioning Steve Bottom before, um, yeah, what a signing, and uh, yeah, was was sad, was sad when we let him go. Okay, so last player on the bench before we come to your manager. Okay, so last player on the bench, um, again, really, really gutted not to put him in, uh, Sir Les, Les Ferdinand. Um, what, what a striker. I mean, again, I don't think we had him long enough, did we? I think it was a season. Um, I fully understand why Les went. Uh, I think I think I probably would have felt the same, actually, because, again, it was a mistake even considering letting him go. Um, I think, again, it was Kenny Dalglish, and he'd... A man of his word, which again just tells you about the person, he'd agreed to join Tottenham and he didn't want to break that promise. And it was but it was really nice to hear that he wished that, you know, he could turn back the clock and maybe he shouldn't have left and wouldn't have left. Uh, I know Shearer got injured and then the club tried to do a U-turn and get him to persuade him to stay. And, he, he you know, he said, listen, I'm going. I've made my decision. Um, and he also, uh, you know, he also took it really well, didn't he, when we signed Shearer and Keegan went up to Les and said, listen, I need the number nine shirt off you. We're going to have to give you the number 10. Um, really took that well. Well, I say took it well. He was obviously very upset about it, wasn't he? Which anybody would. Um, but again, struck up a fantastic partnership with Shearer. Um, imagine seeing three or four years of that. Would, would we have won something, Steve? I don't no. know. But yeah, um, I had to put Sir Les in there. I mean, I know I mentioned all of those other strikers before, but he, he's 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 top of that top of that list um and had it not been for craig bellamy which you know some people would say you know perhaps uh ferdinand would be in above bellamy um for me i, I just i just wish i'd see more or less i think if les had been here for maybe two three seasons we we might even be talking about him a bit like a shearer he'd, he'd be he'd be there not that he's not a legend he is a, a legend and you know it's great to see him um you know uh, but I'd love to see him back amongst the club. I'd love it. I'd, I'd, I'd love it. Yeah, I would. I would. I would really love to see him. Um, you know, be back involved with the club in the future. Great stuff. Great selection. Uh, plenty of uh, plenty of everything in there, and uh, a team which I think would give the entertainers a run for their money. Who's going to manage them? 
So there was only two people uh, who I could consider for this. Um, it was either going to be Kevin Keegan or Sir Bobby. Um, and in the end, I, I had to go Sir Bobby. I had to. Um, I'm not underestimating what Keegan did for the club. I absolutely adore Kevin Keegan, um, you know, for what he did and um, how he, he brought us from, re- you know, a real tough situation. He came in, transformed the club. And it's a bit like a Leicester story, isn't it? He, he, he saved us from relegation, got us promoted, and then we nearly go and win the league. It, it's it's unbelievable and you know we're probably not going to see that again in our lifetime steve but in the end i had to go with sir bobby Um he just he's just everything everything about newcastle to me and the first time the first time i went to newcastle um i was so fortunate to be able to meet him and um i i remember i came i came up to newcastle for the champions league game Um i think it was this season I think it was the it was either two thousand and two two thousand and three. It was the season where we lost the first three games in the in the group stage, and then we ended up progressing. Um, I think Andy Griffin scored against Juventus, and we won one nil. That'll probably that'll probably bring back memories. But yeah, um, I remember before the match, um, we went into the Newcastle United cafe, and as I was going up the escalator, we were reading the flyer, and it was saying like, "Oh, you never know who you meet." And we were laughing, going, "Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was just going to be sitting there." And uh, we went into the little cafe area, and like I'm sitting there having a hot chocolate, and I said to me dad, I said, "That looks like Sir Bobby Robson," and he's going, "Nah, it won't be, it won't be." Anyway, it was. I went over, went and spoke to him, and he was just, he was just something else. Like I've never, I, I had high expectations of him, and he, he just went even above them. Like he had all the time in the world for me. Um, he was in the middle of a meeting, and you know this scouse lad come over and interrupted him, and it wasn't a problem. He was like, you know, uh, oh yeah, no problem. He was asking me why a scouser supported Newcastle, and he just, he, he, it was just an absolute gentleman. And I just so wish that we got him earlier. I've read his autobiography, and he nearly came to Newcastle earlier, didn't he, when he was at Barca, but stayed yeah. on. I just wish we got him earlier. Um, I always, I always um, feel really sad when I think about when he got sacked. And he, in my opinion, he got sacked too soon. Shouldn't have happened. Um, I appreciate that you know we weren't hitting the heights that we had in the previous seasons, but he, he could have turned that round. So I was absolutely convinced of it. Um, so yeah, had to, had to be Sir Bobby Robson with Keegan in close second. Um, but yeah, ultimate manager. What he did for Shearer absolutely turned Shearer's career around uh, when Shearer was struggling. You know, brought. Uh, you know, sorted him out from his injury, brought him back. Got, I think he scored five goals on uh, Bobby Robson's debut from what a uh, debut as manager. Yeah, from what I remember. Um, yeah, what a, what a manager and what a person. Just still, um, I was asked in work uh, a few weeks back whether you know we we do like this little two minute intro, kind of uh, to tell you more about yourself. And they asked me who who was my inspiration, who do I look up to, and I said to Bobby Robson, he was just. Just everything. I, I uh, I'll always, I'll never forget the day that I met him. And um, even when he left his meeting, by the way, he came back over to the table, wished me, wished us uh, a good time at the match, and said, "I hope we win for your son." And I was just like, I remember just being starstruck and thought, "Wow." Um, just before, just before I wrap up, Steve, I just got a funny story to tell you as well. Yeah, so, go for it, mate. When I first went to, you know, my first trip to Newcastle, so the night before we arrived, and um, you know. This was before the day of the match. Now, obviously, the match was an evening kickoff, and that's when we went to the cafe and saw, um, you know, Bobby Dobson. And we just missed out on Olivia Bernard, the lady at the bar said, "Oh, Olivia Bernard was in here just before." Um, so maybe I was always destined to pick Olivia Bernard in my in my dream team eleven. I don't know, but um, the the night before, um, I forget where about exactly it was. It was in the city centre, but we were walking through and we went past the Burger King, and there was this posh car. I can't remember what car it was, but it was a posh car parked outside Burger. King and the registration was C6ORT. So my dad's going, that's got to be car court, that hasn't it? And I was like, do you reckon? And he was like, yeah, yeah. And I said, uh, he went, come on, let's go in Burger King. <laughs> we'll see if car court's a big. Because I was like, yeah, all right, yeah, great. Goes into Burger King, Steve. There's car court. So like, I'm, I'm thinking, wow, wow, loving it. And Went over and spoke to him. Really nice fella, by the way. Really, really, uh, really nice fella. Had loads of time. He had his little daughter with him, but he, he was gabbing away. And to be fair, I felt quite sorry for him because when Bobby Robson brought him in, I know he was a massive fan of uh, Carl Court, and I think he thought he was going to go on and do big things. Didn't quite work out for him with injuries and stuff like that, but 
I always felt like there was a player in there and you could see the potential, but he just kept, you know, one of those players who just kept, you know, constantly get picking up injuries at the wrong time, not being able to perform um, as it probably he wanted to. Uh, but anyway, so we're in the, we're in the big, he can go outside and all that and um, still talking to him. And he said, oh, I hope you enjoy your, your match and stuff like that. Really nice fella. And um, I, I said to him, I was like, oh, Carl, I said, go in the match tomorrow. I said, I've got my shirt there. And I said, I've got you on the back. And I could see in his face, he was like, you haven't got me on the back of your shirt. There's no way. Because at that time, he wasn't very popular. And like I say, you know, um, he just wasn't He just wasn't up there. You know, we had Gary Speed out here and stuff like that. And you could tell he just didn't believe me. But he was very polite. And he said, oh, thanks, mate. I oh, really appreciate that. Uh, and then I walked away and I said to me, dad, I can't believe. I came to Newcastle and I had my shirt for the next day in my bag and I didn't have my shirt on me and I could have showed it to him and maybe he was assigned it for me. Can't believe it. I still always think it's mad. But I just wanted to say, in case Carl Court's watching this programme and he doesn't believe me, this is my shirt, right, that I had that I wore at the match the following day. And just to prove it, Carl, it's there. Fantastic. It was there, Carl. I did have your shirt. Um, I was probably one of the only people in Newcastle who had your shirt, but I had your shirt. Great stuff, mate. Great stuff. We'll make sure that uh, some by hook or by crook will try and get that to him. I think it'll be, it'll be great. But uh, what a wonderful dream team. There it is, your all-time Newcastle eleven, given in goal. Uh, Watson, Woodgate, Colaccini and Bernard. Speed just sitting in front of them. Uh, ben Arthur. And uh, Janola and Beardsley making up the midfield, and uh, Bellamy and Shearer up front. And on the bench, Nobby Solano, David Baddy, and Sir Les Ferdinand, managed, of course, by the late, great Sir Bobby Robson. Wonderful team, uh, wonderful experience. And uh, we'll have to make sure we'll get your dad on, Chris. It'll be interesting oh, to see how, he, how his team differs. It. Yeah, he'd love it. Absolutely love it. But Steve, listen, thank you so much. I've been dying to do this since you started doing them and it's been an absolute pleasure. And it's also, like I say, it's also given me the opportunity to kind of reminisce with my dad and stuff. So I'll always, always, um, you know, remember this and I'll always, you know, keep it keep it close to my heart because, like I say, um, it's something something to show, show the kids and the grandkids as well. Of course it is, mate. Great stuff. Thanks for taking part. Take care, Chris. Bye-bye. Thank you, Steve. Take care, mate. Gonna learn your love back